today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, he's not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome to the Catholic Command Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. We're on the winning side. You know why? Because he rose. That's right. He rose from the dead. The tomb is empty. It's the best day. It is It is the best day. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. I'm Adam Minahan. I'm here with Farmer Dave, Rancher Dave. Uh, this will be an interesting show to about the tales of, of a rancher. Uh, we also have <laughs> Jim here with us this evening. It's been a weird week. <laughs> Jim, um, it is always great to see you. Uh, your beard, beard looks fantastic. Um, shout out to Kathy for just putting up with you for so long. She really is amazing. Jim. She really. I, mean, is. I don't know how you you managed to land that, but it was it was the best sales job you've ever done in your life, and it has paid dividends. You only have to have one good sales job, you know. I mean, yeah. like yeah, and one sale, and it pays. It dividends. can it can set you up. Yeah. For a lifetime. So, well done, Jim. Uh, yeah, so hey, um, before we get into your uh, debacles that uh, we're anxious to hear about, um, uh, we'll talk about our whiskey for just a few seconds. Yeah. I wanna- this is a, uh, I don't want to, you know, talk, speaking about sales sales pitches, this yeah. is not how you, this is, this is an example of how not to do it. Okay. You set expectations high going in. Uh-huh. Uh, before before anything happens, um, okay. because then all, the only thing that could happen is you'd be let down, or you could only meet or like or you only, meet a, only the, meet the expectation. Right, it's very hard to exceed expectations. Yeah, so this is but this is a ninety eight point whiskey uh, by Sunset Magazine International Spirits uh, Competition received ninety eight points. Um, this is called the Burning Chair. It's a four year old bourbon. 98 points, like, out of 10,000? Out of 100. 98 out of 100, okay. Um, it's crafted by winemaker Dave Finney. Uh, Dave Finney, I don't know him. Most pro- probably uh, listeners of the Catholic Man Show do not know him either. However, uh, the thing is, he uh, was is big in California and had a, a bunch of vineyards, sold all of his assets and, and wineries 
for like over $300 million. You know, when Jim goes to California, he's big in California. Well, he's big in, of in China he's just, too. He's big here too. But yeah. He's big. Everybody. He's big just about everywhere he goes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so his Dave Finney guy, he, he sold all of his wineries, all of his uh, assets, $300 million. So he's like, well, I guess I'll just you know, try my hand in spirits. Okay. So he started, this is a four-year-old uh, bourbon. It's finished in Cabernet wine barrels because he knows. He's a wine guy, he, yeah. He knows a lot about wine. Uh, so anyway, it's called the Burning Chair. It's a black bottle. It is a very, uh, from a marketing perspective, not a great bottle, in my opinion. Uh, very, it, nothing really stands out. Uh, it doesn't catch your attention. Um, I agree. It's kind of a... Can't even tell what's going on. Can't really on tell it. what's going on, but... Uh, it's a 44% ABV, um, and it's uh, produced and bottled in California. So we'll try it out. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. Uh, I The reason why I, I, I picked this one is I read online before I, I went and got mm, it. It's very good. That, um, that, wow. That, they, that this guy has really perfected this aging in wine, like bourbon aging in wine barrels where it's not overpowering one way or the other, but it complements each other very well. I don't really pick up on the wine, but there's a lot of cinnamon at the end. Really? Yeah. A lot of cinnamon. I did it's, not. It's, it's delicious. So you like it? Yeah. Eight, I mean, 98, it's meeting expectation is what you're saying. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Really? Okay. I was trying, I'm trying to pull up the notes here. Um, are you 21? Yeah. I am 21, yes. I, I love how... Okay, so uh, the nose says it, it starts with uh, big, sweet red fruits with fresh-cut pink flowers. Not white mm-hmm. or purple flowers, but definitely pink. I thought they smelled pink. Yep. <laughs> it tastes pink. <laughs> um, there's an immediate burst of red wine influence with apple, raspberry jam, and praline. The nose is bigger than, than most expect. Uh, and then the palate is big and bold... Uh, well, oh, I'm sorry. While the nose was big and bold, the palate was a little softer and gent- and a little bit more gentle uh, sweetness going throughout. Notes of milk chocolate, hazelnut, baked apple pie. Mm. You pick up any of that? It says the texture is fabulous. It's such a fabulous texture. Yeah. Um, the finish is, uh, has more heat and spice, which is probably what you were saying about the cinnamon. It has a medium-length finished with uh, notes of allspice and burnt toffee. Yeah. It's delicious. Jim, <laughs> uh, on the yummy scale? Uh, this is very delicious compared to last week, which was 4.8. This is probably 4.9. 4.9 on the yummy scale. New record again. Man, we are just breaking I, record after I record. I also like I it do. a lot. Yeah, I do too. Wow, that is nice. Isn't, isn't that good? Do you get the cinnamon at the end? Yeah, I, and baked apple pie. I do, definitely get the baked apple pie. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that is nice. Okay. Uh, so I now that I have a, a drink in my hand, I, I have an amazing a Catholic Man Show drinking vessel that is holding the the delicious bourbon. Uh, I am very, like, prepared. Okay. To- I don't know if we have time on this segment to get through this story, but we'll see. Well, I'll do my best. Okay. So, you know, moved out to five acres. Yep. And you know, you decided to do everything all at once, right? Well, it's springtime, and you, it's very you prudent know, of you. 
just if you just work hard. Bees, chickens, cows. Well, we already had the fence. chickens. We already had the chickens. You have more gonna, chickens though. No, I just I still have the same three. Oh, I thought I saw more. Well, I was gonna get more, but I just okay. Sorry, that's probably anyway. gonna be a next year thing. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, cabinets. So, I am building cabinets. Well, it's kind of been put on hold. I have cabinets that are still not finished. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. So uh, one of the things we wanted to do is get two cows. I really just want one cow, but you need to get two, so that because if you just get one, it won't eat as well. And you want the cow to eat well, so that it'd be so that delicious. you can eat well, right? Right. Um, so uh, back two and a half acres, it's like great. We'll put them out there. It's has a nice, you know, it's fenced off already. Like they can mow that grass. I don't have to mow that grass. And then the thing was, we'll get two over the summer. They'll double in size, go from five about five hundred to a thousand pounds. Hopefully, you sell one of them. Even if you get the same price per per pound, it's twice as big. Make so your money back. Double the money. Free beef, right? You slaughter one, sell the other. Great, because I don't want to feed anything over the winter, right? Right, right, right. right. Um, and so, this uh, a week ago, today, on Monday, uh, holy was it Holy Week, uh, Holy Holy Week of Monday, Monday of Holy Week, we went to the cattle auction at uh, the, which is an experience. The stockyard. It was. Um, if you've never been to the stockyards to a cattle auction, you should go. It's amazing. Get popcorn and just watch. Yes. So uh, don't. And if you're going to buy a cow, don't do the things that I did. Okay. <laughs> here's 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 a couple of them. First of all, I showed up with all my kids, all my sister's kids, and a couple of Juan's kids. So <laughs> there were ten. There were ten kids. At the cattle auction on a Monday morning. <laughs> All ages eight and under, right? Mostly hovering around the four, five, and six range. Right. Um, almost all of them are girls also. Only two boys out of the out of the ten. So we were a big spectacle. They all went... So that what happens is you're, we're kind of in this auditorium room. It's pretty... It's very awesome. There's like this big door that opens and a cow comes out into this little... Uh, gated off area and it's there for like 20 30 seconds while the auction's going on and then a different door opens and it goes out that door and then as soon as that happens more come and boom 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 it's just like all happening so fast the kids they want to sit down on the front row so you know i go and sit with them and then when the bidding starts i realize i have put myself in a strategically terrible place okay because when you start bidding everyone else is behind you I can't see who I'm bidding against. I don't know if it is it one person, is it five people? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. should I just bail out on this, or you know, like st- am I just trying to out? You know, like get one guy. I have no idea. So um, it's super intimidating, also because yeah, it, it's, it's like going, it's happening fast. Everything going- is so fast. You have no idea, like why was that cow more expensive than the last cow? You don't know. I don't. I didn't know. Luckily, I bought. I brought my friend, our friend Jimmy Ritchie, along with us. You also probably get uh, like sucked into like the the sunk cost fallacy, right? Like I'm already here. I'm already bidding in. I'm, I'm already in, into this so much. I'm just gonna keep going. Yeah. So it was a little bit crazy. Yeah. I'll finish my story on the other side of the break because it, it gets way it, back. Yeah, it hasn't even got to any of the good parts yet. <laughs> All right. This burning chair, go check out burning chair bourbon whiskey. Uh, Sede and Fuego. 
That's how you'd say it in Latin and Spanish at the same time. For over 35 years, Select International Tours has been planning pilgrimages all across the world, and they've been doing that for a reason. Yeah, if you guys have listened to our show, then you know that we just got back from Ireland. Uh, we used Select International Tours to book our pilgrimage to Ireland. Everything went just great. It went exactly how we planned it. Right. right? In fact, one of the pilgrims uh, said that it was his the best pilgrimage he's ever been on. Right. I mean, so the thing is, they know what they're doing. If, if you want to go on a nice pilgrimage uh, that's really you know oriented around experiencing the Catholic faith um, in some of the most historic, most important sites all over the world for the history of our faith, go to selectinternationaltours.com. They have pilgrimages going everywhere in the world all the time just because you know they, they do it so well, everybody wants to use them. That's right. And if you go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow, you'll be one of the first ones to know when we're planning our next pilgrimage, which spring or summer 2024. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. We want to thank Select International Tours for being a sponsor of our show, The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I am David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, we got Jimbo Baggins in the house. What car did you drive over here, Jim? The Mazda. The Mazda. Uh, on the way out from Holy he didn't, he didn't even drive the, the Prius, Prius anymore. anymore. No. On the way home from uh, Holy Mass, Luke goes, Dad, when you're recording the Catholic Man Show, I can hear you guys. And you always call Mr. Spencer Jimbo. Why do you call him Jimbo? That's not his name. And I was like, well, son. You ever heard of a nickname? (laughs) You ever heard of a nickname, Nick? (laughs) Okay. I'm at the cattle auction. So you're at the cattle auction. All your all your kids, extra kids. I also here's another mistake I made. I wore a cowboy hat. What a stupid thing to do. I show up, I'm the only guy wearing a cowboy hat. It's like, I'm just going to come in there and try to blend in. Right. So I'm going to bring 10 kids and my cowboy hat. The only other guy wearing a cowboy hat was the auctioneer. And he has to wear a cowboy hat at the cattle auction. Everybody else is in a ball cap. I was so mad. Made me want to take it off and throw the stupid hat on. <laughs> so, I'm in the front row. The cows are coming out. Then there's a group of four. You know, luckily, Jimmy, he does this, you know, several you times a, a year. You brought a, a good friend of ours, Jimmy Richie, yeah. to come with you. And he was telling me, like, oh, I don't like this. Uh, you know, the hind back legs aren't big enough or whatever. You know, like, I, you know, I was glad All he was the there. Things. Finally, I t- and he's like, well, what do you what do you like? And I was like, Jimmy, I don't know. That's why I brought you. Right. Like, I, I want you to tell me. I like brisket. I, <laughs> exactly. I, I like ribs. So um, I've, I told him finally, Jimmy, I want you to tell me which ones to bid on and then when to stop bidding on those ones. Okay. Like and he goes okay, it's like, good. I'm glad we understand each other now. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this group of four that came out, and uh, one of them had a scar on its head, and that side of its head was swollen. And right away, I didn't even notice these, but these all the other guys there are professionals. Right. You know, they're here to buy for you know I don't know how they're they're professional cattle buyers. Right. Okay. So they can size up a cow instantly. Mm-hmm. Um. And so immediately I hear some of them go like, hey, hey, hey. And I was like, what's going on? And then I saw him separate this one cow um, and sell it separately. And uh, the average cow was going for about 
225 a pound on the hoof. So okay. a 500 pound animal was going for like $1,200, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one was going for like $400 and it was like four or 500 pounds. It was a good size. And, and it's like, wow. I mean, I get it. It's got that swollen head thing, but, but I'll, bet it, I'll bet it eats just fine. Right. You know? And Jimmy was like, man, it's kind of messed up, but it's a, that's cheap beef right there. <laughs> like you might bid on it and i was like really he's like yeah go f- i mean go for it yeah so i put my hand up i'm in the front row right auctioneer doesn't see me i think that's weird oh well it's, you know what he was looking at the back he already he was going back and forth between these guys he just didn't see me i put my hand up again and he says sold pointing to some guy in the back it's like man he did like come on i was i was trying to get in on that man you know and uh, he says something, something about how I'm trying to save these kids. <laughs> That's when I realized, oh, you did not see me. You def- you totally saw me. You're just not letting me you bid just, on you this just chose, cow. I'm not going to let this amateur bid on this right. cow. <laughs> the guy who showed up with his brand new cowboy hat <laughs> with 10 kids. <laughs> and it's a, a total spectacle. No, Obviously never been here with before. A belt buckle. <laughs> You're not letting him bid on this messed up janky cow, right. but it was a, it was a professional courtesy. Honestly, I'm glad I was. I was a little embarrassed, but I was also like, "Thanks, man. I appreciate that." Because what he was saying is, "Listen, son, I know that you don't know why that cow is selling for only four hundred dollars, okay? And it's important that you know why that cow is going for four hundred when the others are going for twelve. And I know that you don't know that." And I don't have time to explain and it to And therefore, you. in order to save these kids, <laughs> who I know you're buying this cow for, I'm not going to let you bid on it. Because <laughs> I, I have that kind of power as the auctioneer. This is my show. There's got to be a spiritual analogy here. <laughs> it was. Like, <laughs> but it was just so funny when he said, I'm trying to save these kids. It's when it all kind of hit me. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I guess you did. <laughs> so anyway, I get to steer. Mm-hmm. Uh, two steers. I actually don't know. Is steer, is is it is that plural or do you say steers? A head of steer, steers. I don't know. Yeah, I think I I, I think I, I hear it both ways. Actually, yeah, I don't know. I get two cows, cows that were male steers, mm-hmm. and I Identified take them, as males. I take them home. They did. I believe so. I yeah. actually didn't ask, but yeah, I, I shouldn't assume. I guess. Right. I get them home. Take them, uh, Jimmy. You know, like he's using. He, he brought his trailer for me to use, right? Right. Awesome. Because you didn't have a way to haul them. And I bought a truck. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> so really, just, just it's essentially a glorified golf cart around my <laughs> around my property. It's first and second gear still work great. In fact, this weekend I was using it a lot. But yeah. uh, we put him in this little uh, pasture, like kind of. Corral area. That's a small area. You know, just let him get used to the place right. before we let, give him range of the whole two and a half acres. Right. <laughs> and uh, they were in that area for I would say three minutes, maybe three and a half, before they casually, very casually, calmly. Uh, what's one great thing I love about these is that they're very calm animals, the mm-hmm. ones that I bought. Mm-hmm. I got very lucky. They very calmly just walked right through my fence <laughs> and out of my yard and into the neighbor's yard. Heading to the park. <laughs> I just, and I heard, the reason I knew this happened is because I heard the kids say, the cows are in the neighbor Steve's yard. They're in Steve's, Mr. Wheeler's yard. And I was like, no! 
why are you doing that? So we like go over there and it's like, what do we do? Uh, it's like, well, the neighbor, Steve, he's got a good barbed wire fence. So they should be fine in there. They're like, all right, they're just in the neighbor's yard. We can get him back over here. And then all of a sudden, one of them is on the other side of his yard, of his fence, and is like trotting off into the park. We live by a park. And this cow decides he wants to play. Right. I'm like, stop! <laughs> and I honestly thought to myself, I'm never going to see that cow again. <laughs> there it goes. That was a, that was a, that was a lot of fun. It's beautiful, that, isn't it? <laughs> what an animal. That was, that was, a, that was a, I enjoyed that $1,200. I had another thought like, should I just go get my rifle and shoot <laughs> it? Shoot it now. <laughs> like, because also I don't want it to like run, like trample a kid or something, right. you know, like. I guess I'm liable for that cow. (laughs) So luckily, uh, by God's grace, many, a bunch of park employees showed up out of nowhere. I'm sure this is like a very exciting day for the employees employees at the park. And we were able to corral them. Uh, And also, the other cow couldn't figure out how to get out of my neighbor Steve's yard. Uh, And so they eventually, the one that roamed, came back looking for its buddy, which is nice. And uh, we were trying to, like, all right, get that one back into the area. Finally, the one who was in Steve's yard just decided, like, I'm getting out and just jumped over the barbed wire fence. I don't know if you knew that cows could do that. They can do that. I I knew they could over the moon. I think, honestly, that's why they say that about the moon is because they can freaking jump. (laughs) When you see it's a 500-pound animal, you think it's pretty tethered to the earth? It is not. (laughs) So, anyway, we were able to convince them to, like, jump back through a hole in like a bad spot of my fence in an area I was never intending for them to be. But they went, now they're home at, they're at Jimmy's house. (laughs) Jimmy goes, well, it looks like I'll be feeding out these cattle for you. (laughs) Seeing as you don't have a fence. The thing is, my fence is a barbless wire fence. No barbs. And cows have no respect. They give they give zero they give zero cares about, about a barbless wire fence. They probably lean up a, a gun like this feels nice. Yeah, kind of uh. itching and scratching him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll just lean on this. Mm-hmm. Oh look, I fell through. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's my story. And then I just so now I have to like I'm in the process of tear. I in fact I've torn out my old fence six all sixteen hundred and fifty five feet of it. And I'm having a couple young kids come out. I don't actually know. They're they're like 17, 18 year old, something like that. But I'm considered young. You're considered young. What do you mean? What do you you have? They're going to build me a new fence tomorrow. Oh, okay. Uh, they have built fences before. Okay. So it'll be a good job. I we were tearing out fences today. Today we were tearing out the fence so that they could start building one tomorrow. Nice. I'm going to get me a nice five strand actual barbed wire and hopefully it works out a little bit it will it will work out the way that the reason it got through steve's yard is because he had a strand that was broken on the bottom Mm. and so it was able to that cow just slipped under sounds like you got some intelligent cows i did they're very intelligent i picked them out for that reason yeah because uh i want to be you know you get the whole animal you are what you eat you are what you eat this is very eucharistic Uh, it is very east, very it's an easter theme right with the cows so they are like dead to me now <laughs> but hopefully this weekend but they will ri- they will rise weekend, from the tomb yeah they will they will exactly they'll <laughs> rise come back to life 
And Niles Ranch will live again. It's been a tough ranching year. <laughs> Meanwhile, well, my well, cabinets it's, still it's, don't it's, have. It's only been, it's only been three months. Right. <laughs> it was only like three. It was only like three minutes. It was. Yeah. A, it's about how long it lasted. Meanwhile, my cabinets still don't have any face trim on them. Okay, because you've been doing that. Plus, your your car's been all jacked up. You've been working on that. It's been a debacle. It's been a lot of fun to watch from from afar. Yeah, it's going. F- but all all in all, it's going fine. And like, yeah, you know, at our camp out this this last year, met a guy. Uh, some farmers from Iowa. He, they told me that farming is the art of losing money slowly. And I think ranching is too. Turns out you're not doing very well. You're losing it pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be the most expensive beef I've ever had. This is supposed to be free. This is going to be the most expensive. Stay tuned for beef stories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to uh, talk about sin. We're going to talk about sin. More than 60,000 men from around the world have journeyed through Exodus 90 together with their brothers. Priests, bishops, singled men, married men, Catholics, non-Catholics alike. One of the things we love receiving are emails from guys who signed up to do Exodus 90 through the Catholic Command Show and let us know how much freedom they've experienced once they go through the program. And it makes sense, right? Here's how it works. And these are the things that we talk about all the time on the Catholic Command Show, which is why we love promoting Exodus 90. They have three pillars. The a pillar of prayer pillar of asceticism, and a a pillar of fraternity. And through those three pillars, they help men grow closer to Christ, to their spouse, to their children, and to their friends. Closer to that man that God has called them to be. So go check out Exodus 90. They have Exodus 90 Lent as well. It's exodus90.com slash TCMS for the Catholic Mantra. TCMS. Thank you to Exodus 90 for being a sponsor of The Catholic Man Show. Welcome back to The Catholic Man Show. If you're listening on the radio, go check us out on the podcast, catholicmanshow.com. You uh, may have missed... Dave's ranching stories is pretty good, especially if you're not living it. Uh, we're also headed to Grand Rapids, Michigan in May, about, in about a month. So if you are uh, in that area, we're going to be at a men's conference there, uh, and I would love to see you there. Love to hang out with you. So go. By May, I will have bees. Okay. End of April is when I'm getting them. Okay. So... Hopefully come, they stay. Come, come to the conference, and you can ask me if if the bees the, stayed the longer bees, for three how minutes. How the bees have, are doing? Yeah, <laughs> the bugs in a box that I keep out in the back. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about sin today. We're talking about sin. We're talking about the four categorical consequences of sin. Okay. Because okay. when the consequences of sin are categorized, there are four of them. Okay. So, uh, sin is, is the it, worst. Sin is the worst. You should stop doing it. It's like the worst thing you can do, by far. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the, the, four co- the four categories are personal, social, ecclesial, and cosmic. 
phenomenal cosmic power. <laughs> Itty bitty living space. So, um, I think the first one is obvious, personal. Mm-hmm. Like sin, when it when you when you sin, it affects you personally. Uh, and I think that a lot of people, when they think about sin, that's that's where it stops. When they think about what are the consequences of my sin, they think, well, it it affects me, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's it, you know, and so and obviously, so obviously, it does. Um, you want can I can I t- uh, tell you what I bit what I did over Lent? Uh, yeah. There's a couple. Th- it's funny that you you brought this up as as the topic tonight because I was reading through it. Well, it only took me like uh, short about, notes today, about 15 seconds to read through. But um, as I was going through, I was like, oh well, I actually have something to say about this one and at least this one and this one because it, uh, it was it was a package deal on things that I was doing uh, for Lent. Oh, good this year. Uh, so one of the things that I was I was doing in in relationship to like you know the, the reflection of personal sin. Mm-hmm. Was, you know, uh, okay, so the age of reason is typically about seven is what the church says. You know, this is like when you're culpable for uh, mortal sins, grave sins, right? Right. And so I was thinking about how sin, sin makes you stupid. It numbs you. Uh, it, it makes you not in tune with reality, like realizing the reality of, of things. And so I would... Uh, have this practice of going back and thinking about like that age of reason for myself about seven years old eight years old I used to have this like not a real understanding of sin like I used to think like okay I've done this many sins so that probably equals like one scourging of that that Christ had to suffer from for, for my sins mm-hmm. you know I had this like uh, I, I didn't have an understanding of knowing that like one sin against an infinite God requires you know uh christ to to, right. to to die for like if i take the one sin he has to go through the whole passion right right but i had this false notion of understanding like okay right because if otherwise if it was like oh that's one lash so right. he'd still be getting scourged I mean, right like yeah I mean, the last so, two thousand years but so i i was thinking about uh the first sins that i committed at like age you know at my youngest age that i can recall yeah and how how much I've like h- how those sins have built on each other. Mm. So the sins that I, I remember confessing when I was an adolescent versus the sins I remember confessing as a teenager versus my twenties versus thirties, you know, in, until now, like, and see the effect that sin has had on me personally mm. um, from at the very beginning of going to confession and how I remember, I remember uh, very vividly my first confession and like the things that I said and how like sorrowful I was of them. And like, you know, I, 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 they were not all sin is bad, but they were not as grievous as in, and as heinous as some of the other sins that I've committed since then. Sure. Right. Um, but sin dulls you, it, it numbs you. It makes you, it, it makes you unaware of things that, uh, it darkens your intellect, mm-hmm. right? And so it was a good practice for me over over Lent to see. So you were where just I, systematically trying to, like, just re- meditate like, on, yeah, and just re- realize, like, oh, well, this probably led me to this, yeah, which this then led me to this, and then like, 
and not they're, they're, it doesn't always connect. But you uh, don't know for a sh- you know for a fact. But I know no. what you mean. Uh, like in my own life, as as I've started to devote myself more and more toward in, to the faith, to my relationship with Christ, and I have experienced the healing from mm-hmm. so, so many of the sins, mm-hmm. um, and had my mind, you know, purified by degrees, and uh, you know the way that affected the way I, I thought about certain things. Mm-hmm. Then that gave me the ability to look back and see, like, okay, now I now see that I, I now have a distaste for certain things mm-hmm. um, that I didn't used to. Okay, I used to find some of these things, you know, like in like I don't enjoy the same movies I used to enjoy, for for right. instance. Um, and so I can see how the life I was living at the time made me made me stupid, like you were saying, to think that these things were funny or enjoyable. When truly they're not, mm-hmm. um, and it was because of those the way I was living, because of my sins, because of my the choices I was making, that made it 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 changed me, mm-hmm. and it changed my appetites, it changed my intellect, it right. changed my whole person, my whole being was transformed mm-hmm. by the effects of my sin, right to the point where I thought these things were good. That's that's yeah. the thing is right. I, I wasn't reveling in evil. It's not like I knew it was evil and I was reveling in it, right? Mm-hmm. I thought that they were good, and so I and I enjoyed them because of what I viewed to be their goodness. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, now I can look back and say, no, I, they're not good. Um, right. I mean, not in the whole. Are there elements? You know, so if you're looking talking about movies, I used to enjoy. I don't anymore. Well, sure, there are still good elements mm-hmm. in those movies. You know, it's not like I think you know what I mean, right? But on the whole, I I, I don't enjoy them anymore. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so, so happiness is basically, you know, the enjoyment of the highest goods. Mm-hmm. And when you sin, it darkens your intellect and it, it perverts your understanding of what the highest goods are uh, to where like you think, oh, I'm happy. I'm, I'm doing great. Like things are fun. This is, this is great. Uh, I'm enjoying this movie, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think that you're happy. You think that, that things are going well, but in reality, you're, uh, you're enjoying lower levels of happiness. You're 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 substituting the highest levels of happiness, namely the like if you want to go the highest, you know, the, the holy sacrifice of the mass, but the the highest contemplation of God, mm-hmm. uh, and you're substituting that for lower levels of 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 goods, right? And you think that you're happy, yeah, and, and they are good. You know, these right. other things are good, right? But they're not. There, it's a disordered. It's a yeah disordered uh, value of the good. So, um, I think that it's good to have that examination. Like, if you've never had a, have you ever done? Well, maybe you don't. Have, you don't have to tell me this, but uh, you know, a, a general confession. Whatever it is, whatever it is, I will tell you. A I, I have not done a general confession. I have a lot of interest in doing one. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would, I would like to do one, and I had a spiritual director, a uh, number of years ago, and. My expectation was that I would do that. I would do one, mm-hmm. um, but that wasn't what that particular director wanted to do. So I, I, I didn't. The great thing about having a spiritual director is, like, if they don't, if they say, like, this is what I want you to do, yeah, then that. Oh yeah, no, and the he sermon was, is done, and, and he was a good, he was a, a fantastic sure director, and I, yeah, I, I remember receiving, like, directly what I could attribute directly to his direction, graces. Um, sure. Even when it's like, I'm not really sure why or what, you know, like, anyway. Right. 
But yeah, so I think, you know, obviously, if we're reflecting on like the consequences of sin, uh, especially on a personal level, uh-huh. uh, there's a lot of men out there who are just uh, numb to the, the things that God actually wants for their life, uh, the graces that he wants to give you. Uh, and there, there may be, you know, into this repetition, this the slothful re- re- repetition of just uh, going through the motions, existing, not living. Uh huh. Um, and that's what sin does, right? It just dulls you, it just numbs you, it just makes you feel like that you have no mean, like there's no meaning in life. I mean, that's exactly what hell will be. I mean, you can describe hell in many ways, but it's existing, mm-hmm. not, and that's it, just not living. Excruciatingly living, right? Or well, well, just I mean, in hell you just exist, right? There's no life in you, you know. There's right. nothing to live for. You're just existing, right? And so this is the I mean, this is obviously the reason why you want to uh, keep. Uh, you know, we've had an episode on watchfulness not too long ago. Like mm-hmm. this is why you want to have holy holy thoughts. You know, focusing on the saints, uh, the sacraments, the virtue in life, holy friendships. Uh, you know, things like that that lift you up towards God and not uh, and like give you things to imitate and replicate and you know do things uh, in participation and communion with others mm-hmm. uh, to grow in Christ and not just uh, fall into despair uh, or des- you know desolation and, right. and like you know loneliness, isolation, like all those things like this is what sin, sin does, right it, it, you know Satan's uh, desire is to divide and conquer. He wants to make you feel like that you're the only one, uh, that there's no hope for you. And this is like, you know, the, uh, the, the whole Christian life is, is is filled with hope. You know, like... Totally. So, um... Happy if, Easter, bro. Happy Easter. Hallelujah. When we get back, we're going to continue talking about... Because there's other three other... Three other... There co- are three more. All right, mm-hmm. good deal. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan. We're talking about sin and the four ways to categorize it. We've only covered one. The consequences. The consequences, thank you. We've only talked about the personal. And as I mentioned, I think that a lot of people think that that's all that there is to sin. But there are more, and they get from here uh, further and further reaching. So... um, Obviously, we talked about the personal consequences of sin. The next one is the social consequences of sin. Let me read uh, a quote here. This is um, in the Catechism, 1469, but it's a quote from John Paul II's um, Apostolic Exhortation on Reconciliation and Penance, Okay, which is in the Catechism. He said, It must be recalled that this reconciliation with God leads, as it were, to other reconciliations reconciliations, which repair the other breaches caused by sin. The forgiven penitent is reconciled with himself in his inmost being, there's the personal consequences, where he regains his innermost truth. He is reconciled with his brethren, whom he has in some way offended and wounded. He is reconciled with the church, and he is reconciled with all creation. Mm. So, um, when we sin, we actually, ha- there are consequences 
for those sin that take place on all these levels, mm-hmm. the personal, the social, the, ecclesia, the ecclesial, and the cosmic, right? So um, sin has an effect on the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so if you think about like a country or a place that falls into sin, it, there's biblical examples. I think maybe a better way to do this is look at the biblical examples where, uh, you know, especially in the Old Testament where a nation... Take the Israelites, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, they they commit great sins, and then God, there are punishments that come along, whether it's plagues or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and He does that, you know, to help purify those people. Ultimately, it's an act of love. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also a sign of the of the consequences of their sin that happen to the world, right? So, like their sin is making the world a worse place, right? Um, you just look at, at the Adam and Eve. Well, let's get to the cosmic. We'll we'll get there. Let's talk about the social first. I'm kind of okay. jumping ahead. Yeah. Uh, so we just went, we went through Lent, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, one of the things, one of the practices that we've talked about on the show before is that, you know, you kind of play through like the passion of the Christ. At least this is what I do a lot of times. Like you, you play through mentally the passion, the passion of the Christ and mm-hmm. you try to uh, unite yourself in those moments, right? You know, so either, you know, he's, you, you have a, uh, eye-to-eye, con- you know, connection as he's being scourged, or you know, you see him embracing the cross, saying your name as he picks it up, you know, or, or like whatever it is that it, you know has this personal connection to him redeeming you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, throughout Lent, I tried my best to think of the person that I disliked the most, that had done me wrong. Hmm. And realize that how I how I've been doing that with myself with Jesus, he does the same thing with that person too. And his eyes meet that person's eyes in the scourging. Sure. And he embraces that cross and says that person's name as he picks up the cross. Mm-hmm. You don't really like to think about that, do you? And I well, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, but and, it's it's good to remember. And then, I, and then, you know, as you're praying, you realize, well, in the Our Father, we ask our Lord to forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. Right. And so it just like uh, overlent, it really hit me hard on how much I felt like I, I'm not a resentful person. You know, I don't hold really grudges. I don't feel like, um, yeah. I, you know, I'm pretty, uh, you know, you, you apologize like, you know, hey, hey we're good. Like, yeah, we, water can, the we can move on. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can move on. Uh, but there was just things that were coming up that I realized, like, I, I just felt like I had for, thought I'd forgiven him, but I felt like he still did me wrong. Uh-huh. You know, I still had, like, this kind of, like, I don't know, I guess a grudge or, like, you know, just this not a loving thought towards mm-hmm. this person. And this process really helped heal. Mm. Uh, That's beautiful. Um, because you do need, and it's important to engage your intellect in those. And I think everybody has, that has happened to them, right? Where it's like, I forgive you, but it's like hard to feel good about you. Right. And you have to like engage your rational thinking to distinguish between those two things. Like I have forgiven you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm going to like like you right right away, okay? Sure. But you, that doesn't mean you can harbor ill will towards them. Okay? Right. Yeah, you yeah. you have you have the obligation to uh desire the good for them. Right. Um, that's part of forgiveness. Now, that doesn't mean you have to like them. 
Does it mean you have to uh, like hang out or go back to what, the way things were before? Sure. But it, 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 just because you know you brought that up, and because that is uh, so important, even though, let's take a sin that doesn't directly inf- affect somebody else. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm here and I'm, I'm out by myself, and I take the Lord's name in vain. That still has a social consequence. You know, that still is going to affect my relationship with other people. Sure. Yeah. Because it changes, once again, because it changes my personal personal consequences. Well, who is it that I bring into those social relationships? Myself. Okay? And so, because I've, you know, having these personal consequences, I'm also harming my relationships with people. Mm-hmm. It's the body of Christ, right? The mystical well, body of Christ. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, this this point, I think the social consequence is like a direct one-on-one, like David and Adam's relationship, um, Adam and Jim's relationship. Mm-hmm. Because, once again, some sins are very obvious, you know, how, mm-hmm. how you know, it's like, oh, I punched you in the face, and obviously that has a consequence on our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have anything else you want to add to the... No, I just think it's good to remember that the the person that... You, like, you can only... I've heard a, a saint say it before, like, you only love God as much as you love the person you like the least. I can't... I don't even know who I like the least. That's a hard question. It's probably a poli- politician. Yeah, it's probably Nancy Pelosi. She makes me so <laughs> say that, but... Um, but, uh, you know, so... I think it's important to remember that uh, Christ died for that person. Yeah. And he loves that person infinitely. Mm -hmm. And how he's going to forgive your sins, how you want forgiveness, is in direct correlation with how you forgive that other person. That's a good good point. Yeah, we have to. And, like, that is what, in fact, he means in the Our Father. Because I think it's in the version in Matthew. He actually, after the Our Father is over, he... He makes it very clear. He says, if you do not forgive others, my Father in heaven will not forgive you. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's like, he, that's what he means, mm-hmm. in case there's any doubt. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who uh, trespass against us. You know, like, if you don't forgive them, you don't get forgiven. Right. Now, the, the, it, is, it is a good question. It's like, well, I went to confession. Did I not get forgiven? You know, like, well, you have to forgive people, you know. Right. But if, the thing is, I think, Continuing to not forgive them is a new sin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the the third consequence is the ecclesial one. So this is where we get into the body of Christ. Right. Um, so I think it's important to remember, guys, that we're all swimming in the same pool. Okay? So when you sin... When you pee in the pool... You're peeing in the pool. All right? And the thing is, like, I'm in that pool with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that when you pee in the pool. If I do it, it's a little bit funny. But I don't like it when you do it. That's the thing. It's not funny. No. It's not funny. It's a bad part. It's a bad analogy if you right. put it that way. It is a little bit funny, though. Think about that guy peed in the pool. <laughs> Sucker. But anyway, we're all in the swimming pool. And uh, so, like, that's that's kind of like the way sin is. So when the ecclesial mm-hmm. one is that's the body of Christ, just the whole, like, how does it impact us as a church? How holy are we as a church? Right, and we see we see the effects of that right uh, in, in today's world. I mean, you, you see it in, in in just today's church, like you just see the effects of sin as a church of the whole. When we're when we can't uh, as a church 
be unified on, on very basic principles and tenets of our faith yeah. uh, that makes it very difficult uh, for the whole body of Christ. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think that we should be uh, aware of how, how evil, you know, how much evil there is in the world. I mean, we have every Mass, there are prayer intentions for, ev- for the Pope, for all the bishops, for all the clergy. Imagine the amount of grace that the presbyterate receives every day through all the masses said throughout all the world, you know, for them. Yeah. And yet, you know, they obviously, I mean, they're human, so they obviously still fall too. So I think you can't have this pride thinking that, oh, well, I'm, I'm doing great. You know, like well, here, here's the presbyterate who, ha- who has masses said for them every single day, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with their intention, with their name on the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And there's, you know, they still, I mean, they're still human too. They're still, they still fall into sin. Sure. Uh, and so I, I think that it's just, uh, I think you're fooling yourself if you think that, oh, well, I, I must be doing just fine. Mm-hmm. I No, I agree. I also think that there's an analogy between personal sin or sin affecting you personally, clouding your thinking, and the sins of our culture, the sins of our nation, also kind of clouding the culture, like the clarity mm-hmm. of reality mm-hmm. for us as a culture. You know, I just think about the transgender sort of, that, that kind of thing. And in just, in years past, this would have never... Right. But it, the the thinking of people has been clouded on this cultural issue. And I think that there's a, an analogy there between like sins of the nation that that we all individually do. Right. But there, there are consequences, the greater greater you know spectrum but i mean the uh the christian man is, is the man of rebellion in these days because he has hope indeed and the and the world is ho- like full of hopeless people and so if you want to be a rebel be a christian man because uh the beat of our drum is about the only one that gives hope also have a large family that's pretty rebellious yeah so we're going to continue talking about the last uh consequence of sin on the podcast if you're listening to the radio go to Go check us out on thecatholicmanshow.com. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Okay. So the fourth one is cosmic. Phenomenal. I can't think, I can't not think of the Aladdin phenomenal cosmic power. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's one of the, it's a good line. There's a lot of good lines in that movie. That it, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen it. I have little kids, so. like so. I have I have seen it. Have not you too seen long it? Ago. Yeah. Is it is it as good as I it's, remember? It's actually. Uh, I watched it and I realized I forgot. I did not realize how funny this was. So it's better than what you remember. Yeah, because you actually are aware of some of the jokes that you weren't. Probably right. As you a know kid. what? That is amazing. Like all the jokes, they can they can actually they can totally play in jokes that like kids won't get this. Right. Like in the Lion King, you know, when they say like, "Oh, talk about a fixer upper." Uh-huh. Like as a little kid, you have no idea what that means. Right. Like, like fixer upper, like, okay, so it wasn't good, and so you make it nice. Like that doesn't You just think like, oh, until you experience it. like buying a fixer upper. <laughs> it makes you it makes you realize that there are things kids hear that they don't understand all the, all time, the time. Right. And they just think, hmm, I wonder what that means. It's like us and, sitting and, and carry on. It's like us sitting in like a, a metaphys like metaphysical philosophy class or something. Yeah. Like just sitting there like, huh, that sounds awesome. Hmm. That's a large word. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Wow, that was four large words in a row. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, the cosmic consequence. The cosmic consequence. This is that... That sounds like a cool 90s 
uh, band name. Cosmic Consequences. It does. Like that could be a cool band name. We should start a band. <laughs> Jim, will you be our? You can play the guitar. No. Will, will, will you be our tambourine no. guy? <laughs> we do need a tambourine. Cowbell. <laughs> Deal. You're in. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta have more cowbell. But our sin has consequences on the universe. And uh, I kind of jumped again a little bit on this earlier, but obviously the sin of Adam and Eve is the the best, I think, example here. Um, different Different theologians will debate on, you know, what the consequences, like of that were, um, you know, was bacteria and disease part of that? Or was that just the fact that we were kicked out of the garden and no longer had the tree of life to eat? You know, I'm not really interested in getting involved in that debate because I don't... Well, there's two schools of thought. Exactly. (laughs) The point is that our sin has literally has impacts on the universe itself, like the fabric of space and time. And uh, I think... The, the important takeaway here is the impact, the severity of sin. Right. That it, it, it's not only that, oh, we've damaged our relationship with God, but we've also damaged our relationship with the universe, with, right. so, with so, our so brother, with the church, a, and with the world. That's what I was going to say, yeah. So sin, sin affects not only you personally, but it affects you with other people, and then it affects the mystical body of Christ, and then it affects the world. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it literally affects... It's. It, I think of it as like a this ripple, yep, uh, that, that's going out, or like a bomb blast with a shock wave that's you know going out into all, just all of these different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's. So I think that's the that to me is the important thing. I'm sure that there are other theologians out there who will say, oh, there's something you know interesting and important also about this cosmic effect. To me, it's just like it's something to take away and meditate on about. Even our small sins, okay? We're not just talking about uh, uh, mortal sin. Mm-hmm. Even even venial sins have all of these these same consequences. And so it's it's desperately important that we dedicate our lives to the growth in virtue so that we can eradicate sin from our life because you won't be able to do it without virtue and God's grace. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't muscle down right. and yeah, do so it. It's a, it's a complete gift that God... Uh, ultimately, wants to give, like he wants to give it to you. Yeah, that's the great thing is that he, it's, you don't have to wonder desires. whether or not that's a gift that God is trying to give you. He right. is trying to give it to you. And the hope that you give, you know, you give in and trust in our Lord uh, gives. You know, He will in turn give you many graces uh, for for the trust that you have in Him. Um, yeah, so I I think that. Um, that sin sin will not only affect, like we said, not affect personal, affect social, affect the the body of Christ, and affect the world. Uh, but the the beautiful part is, and like we were talking about right at the beginning, is is the hope that that we have as as a Christian is that Christ ha- like has an infinite amount of mercy, mm-hmm. and he he will all you have to do is ask for it because he wants to give it to you. So when we fall. Uh, we should be just running to our Lord uh, and His open arms and His mercy, uh, especially being that Divine Mercy Sunday. It's coming up, baby! It's coming up. 
and yeah, and so I, I'm really glad you said that because it gives me another thought, and I think it's an important one to, to mention, is that these are the consequences of sin. There are inverse and probably disproportionately powerful opposite reactions to our repentance, to our reconciliation. Yeah. So okay. uh, when, when we reconcile ourselves from yeah. the sin, it, it has positive effects on us mm-hmm. personally, socially, ecclesially, and cosmically, like right. we heal the world. This is what I was actually. When we reconcile. What I was trying, like I, I kind of lost my train of thought for a second. But what I was, what, what I was wanting to say was that um, when you feel like that uh, you, you're kind of you're going through this spiritual rut, or you're going through this this life of, of sin, you're trying to get root, you know, trying to carve this sin out of your life, pull these roots of sin out of your life, these vices out of your life, and live this virtuous life. Mm-hmm. Uh, know that. Once uh, virtue gets easier, right? To live the virtuous life gets e- easier. To develop the virtue is hard, right? Because now, because you're you're having to, you know you're you're having to root out those sins and those vices. But then yeah. to live the the life of virtue is a lot easier uh, because you've developed these habits. The habit is there now. Yeah, getting more powerful, right? And so uh, it, it's a lot easier. So you get to the point where the idea. These what this is what the saints say is that the idea of offending our Lord is unimaginable, right? And and, and the, our Lord wants that for all of us, mm-hmm. right? So this is what uh, truly living is. This is what re, like living in His grace really is. Is that you you uh, you can't think of not being united to Him, and mortal sin is unfathomable like there's just no it's no longer i am scared to be in hell right right like it's no longer like this negative effect like i I just don't want to go to hell it's that i love the lord so much sure i can't do this um and so this is part of the growth of the spiritual life right is so like this is what you know Teresa of Avila and, and Teresa of Lisieux and Aquinas and like all you know all, all the saints before us again we talk about like filling your mind full of these holy things but this is what it's all about is that this is what they tell us is that virtue uh, the virtuous life is the adventurous life it, it, it is the life that where you become fully alive the, the man that God created you to be to the point where uh, you know you're not the idea of sinning gravely is not even something that would be... It's not even, about whether you desire it, but it's unthinkable. It, yeah, it's just not even something you would even consider. Right. And that's where we all should be. This is what this, this is this is what God created us for. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get there. Yeah, so am I. I mean, this is what this, that, that's what I deeply desire. Yeah. And the good news is, is if you just desire it, uh, that's the first step. Yes. This is what applies. I thought you were going to say something other than that. I was like... No. If you just desire it, that's all you need. It's like, no. nope, you need no. more than that. No, no, no. But it is, but the, it is the it, first step. And this is what Aquinas says. It's like, if you want the virtuous life, desiring it. That's that, that's how you start. Sure. No, absolutely. And, and our Lord can can build upon that. Mm-hmm. He likes to do that. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's, that's what I have. So, stop sinning. Yeah. Christ is risen. Mm-hmm. Set your uh, a, a, a good thing to do. Like if you're looking for something to do for Divine Mercy Sunday, is like, you know, start at 3 p.m. Set your phone alarm to go off at 3 p.m. every day from here on out, from from now until you die. 
Uh, and Great idea. And then, like, when it goes off, if you don't have time to pray for Divine Mercy Chapel, that's okay. But at least stop what you're doing for five seconds. And raise your mind to God. And raise your mind, knowing that he died for you at this moment mm-hmm. uh, for you. There's also an indulgence for doing that, just simply raising your thoughts to the Lord. You can get an indulgence for it, and you can do that a bunch of times a day. So, Hopefully uh, you are. That would That's a great uh, little thing that i've that i've done for years but um it's easy it's not you know it's not hard to do takes you five seconds yeah if you can't do a divine mercy chapel like at least just stop and think about that christ died for you at this moment sidebar only other thing i got to add today is just as a reminder for those of you who pray the angelus uh, here in the easter season Mm -hmm. we don't pray the angelus we it's customary to sing the regina chaley so it's just a fun fact. There you go. So if you don't know the Regina Chaley, go learn it. It's really short. Great little great little prayer. Yeah. Happy Easter, Adam. Happy Easter, Ranger Dave. Thank you. Hi, this is Bishop David Condorla of the Diocese of Tulsa in Oklahoma. So let us pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen.